kid win? It's good to see you again, Duncan. It's not your part of town. You are walking or hunting? Hunting. And you? The same. I'm looking for a killer. So am I. There's a dead man in the warehouse back there, killed by a sword. So? Tell me it wasn't you. Do us both a favor, McLeod. Don't ask me any more questions. Since when did a warrior become a murderer? Is that what you call it when a killer is killed? I call it justice and so did you once. like a champion welcome to highlander rewatch the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the highlander universe what does um, that mean <laughs> we'll have to, you'll have to listen and find out <laughs> I did you so. say written or ridden 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 like ridden din the canine cop. cop yeah <laughs> that's good makes sense <laughs> well i'm one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is Eamon. and yeah we are back it's been a while since we've done our regular recap episodes we were at the convention a few weeks ago which mm-hmm. was a blast it's good to be back in the saddle again, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. not dealing with interviews or conventions, just getting back to the basics. Yep. So watching hope- episodes, making dick jokes. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed our convention recap from last week, and we're gonna be, be blah. <laughs> we're gonna have more we're convention. We're gonna have more convention coverage coming your way in the coming weeks as well. But this week, we are talking about the episode Take Back the Night from Season 3. But before we get into that, we have some reader mail we wanted to address. This is from our uh, friend of the show, David G., who we actually met in L.A. And he bought us some beers, which was great. So thanks for writing in, David. And Uh, thanks for that beer. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks more for that. Um, (laughs) Uh, So David wrote us about our interview with director Clay Barris. He said, now that's some honesty. Love that CB. Uh, Eamon talks a little slowly. Does that mean you will redub him with a faster-talking actor? Yes. Uh, Who's going to sound kind of like Wolverine? Right. He said, I was saddened to hear that Boris was knocked off a Queen of Swords. Saw Quiet Cool many years ago. It had a quiet run on HBO. Uh, And then he tells A quiet run to accompany the cool. (laughs) And then he tells us to check out Sweating Bullets a.k.a. Tropical Heat, because that also has some Highlander actors in it. So, thank you, David. Uh, But David also wrote us later about our interview with Gillian. And he says, by the horror... By the hoary, oh boy, you he can says, do this. I believe in you. By the hoary hordes of Horvath, was this a great interview? Ooh. You guys are knocking my socks off with this. Look at the series and bringing in the show's creatives to talk about the show. I'm not Keep sure your it's, socks on, David. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure anything can beat stuntman Christopher. Excuse me, but this is close. Wow. Oh, thanks. That that makes me feel good. Yeah. There's been some good episodes or some good interviews recently. Yeah, we're great. Yeah, we are great. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, might we suck your dick a little bit? Sure. Sorry, too much. Unzip. When we did meet David, his socks weren't on. That's true. We have that effect on many many people. Right off. (laughs) Yeah. 
clean off. But thank you, David, for being uh, such a good friend of the show and sharing your thoughts and feelings. All right, Kyle, what do we got? We've got some thoughts on the comic from, you know, another frequent contributor, Robin. Highlander, the American dream. Yes. Mm. <laughs> what happens to an American dream deferred? Ooh, I don't know. Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Probably. It, it or actually, does it explode? Yeah. Asta was the immortal killed in Jersey. He's mentioned and the picture shown when Connor is initially arrested and interrogated. So quickly check this. You can go to the internet artifact, www.highlander.org, <laughs> and check out the immortal list. This is a very old website, by the way. The immortal list. They kept it up to date in the 90s until the Watcher CDs came out. See immortal number four. Asa Vazilik, age unknown, status <laughs> dead. <laughs> B, the Kurgan, 1985. W, not sure what that's from. Unknown. B, D. Wait. Huh? Wait. Why wait? What am I waiting for? That's what the W stands for. Were you Is trying it? to make a joke? No. <laughs> I think that's what W stands for. Why do they give a shit about his weight? Yeah. Also, that's a readily discernible fact they could get from his corpse, probably. Does it body? Well, no, because you'd have to subtract the head weight. Yeah. Mm, no, that's you're true. right. He has <laughs> we'll never, a big we'll head. <laughs> anyway, the whole point is is that I guess we kind of. I'm not finished. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you told me to wait, so I I'm stopped gonna reading. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> it just says BD. Not sure what that stands Probably for. Probably birth date. <laughs> no, not based on the answer. A Polish national killed by the Turkin in New Jersey during the, quote, mini New York gathering of 1985. So you're right. Yeah, that's probably his birthday. It's probably his birthday. <laughs> yeah. <it> sounds yeah. <laughs> like it. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the information from www.highlander.shoes and <laughs> this is like a little tidbit i guess that we kind of missed in our review right that like this is a character from the movie uh, we talked about that did we absolutely and we debated which immortal is the immortal found in new jersey well we talked about that but like i don't remember Definitely. the name was we never mentioned that this was like name dropped in the movie did yeah we, we totally did i, I can't remember. i don't think so <laughs> Write us again, Robin. <laughs> yeah. we Tell can... us our own business. Right. <laughs> Check the no, date. but also then at the end of the at the end of the comic, I thought we were debating who was even in New Jersey. I thought we th- thought Asta was not in New Jersey. We were like Connors took the train to New Jersey, right? That abandoned train station. Let me ask you this: What comic? The American Dream. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, I don't remember. Yeah. Does anyone remember having this debate about I, like I, I thought we like... thought. I feel like Lambert was in New Jersey at the end of that comic. Oh, yeah. I think so. I don't Based know. on the way it's shown. And yeah. He's like looking across the bay at like. Right. Yeah, it's all very. I odd. think it's very confusing. Whatever. <laughs> we'll, have well, you to know, check the it comic again. book people paid such fastidious attention to the movie. Yeah, then. that comic was rough. <laughs> yeah. It's new Highlander content. We don't want to rag on it too hard. But no. we did. But we did. But we did. So there we go. Amen. What is our last bit of reader mail this week? On the rag. <laughs> So oh this, boy oh boy this next listener mail hey he did it i don't know what you're reader about. mail <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i mean we are reading these that's letters so oh so that's mail. what you mean so all re- all mail is reader mail this uh, bit of listener mail comes from colton who we met we met colton and his lovely wife that's right. in california yeah we even did the kyle and i did the sword experience with him together. oh that's and his right wife, yeah that's amazing yep that's great he's well, not the one you hit in the face with the sword right Huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very nice to meet him. But this is about immortal immunity. Is that like diplomatic immunity? I think isn't so. That what, isn't that what Lethal Weapon 2 is about? Hello. <laughs> That's his greeting. 
Just wanted to comment on the idea of Immortals' immune systems. Remember, Duncan told Anne that he can get sick, just can't die from it. I would think Immortals get colds, the flu, and STDs. He just can't die from them. I would think that until the point a disease did kill them and they resurrected, they would be capable of spreading disease to other people. However, I think this would eliminate the possibility of Immortals carrying deadly bugs from ancient times. The immune system itself is always evolving, so I think they would lose immunity to stuff from centuries past no longer in circulation, but would keep up with modern illnesses. Keep up the good work. Hope to meet you all in L.A. next month. Colton, we did meet! (laughs) Is this letter from the past? This letter is is from the past. We just had a flashback. (laughs) We zoom in on, like, Keith's glasses, and one of the glasses turns, like, to this room, but... In the past. In, in the, the past. past, right. And then we zoom in on a pile of cottage cheese yeah. or mashed mm-hmm. potatoes. Yeah. It was very nice to meet you, Colton. I don't know anything about medicine, though, so I can't really comment on any of this. We, uh, we should have asked these hyper-technical questions to Peter Wingfield oh, <laughs> as a yeah. doctor. He's a doctor. Can we send this email to him? I'm sure. S- I am still a little bit dubious just because that means at some point before the discovery of antibiotics... Duncan McLeod, since he fucks everything that moves <laughs> at some point, was reduced into like a pox ridden syphilitic idiot <laughs> at some point, like in his lifetime. Like that yeah. has happened. That's fucked up. It That's... got Nietzsche. It definitely got McLeod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. well, on that note, let's 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 talk about this week's episode. Episode 17 from season three, Take Back the Night. Can you say that again like Batman? Take Back the Night. There it is. Does that work? Yeah, that's pretty good. Take Back the Night. We have to take Gotham back. Take Back the Night from the Joker. Where is he? He wouldn't have trusted it with a citizen. Where is he? Where is it? He wouldn't trust you with a citizen. Thank you, Batmac. You're welcome. <laughs> somebody like me. Somebody that'll rattle the cages. <laughs> okay. So we are talking season Take three, episode 17, Take Back the Night. This episode was first aired April 24th, 1995. It was directed by Paolo Barsman. Mm. Uh, so the last we saw from him was Starcrossed, uh, which was episode. just a couple... That was a very good episode. Good uh, Song of the Executioner, They Also Serve, among others. Um, he only has three more to go after oh. this episode, so mm. he's almost done his he, tenure on this show. He really broke his like killing spree on this one. Yep. <laughs> he, had just, he had just put out some some real quality ones. And not to you know give the game away, but... Yeesh. <laughs> this episode looks good, I think. I have some yeah. notes that I was like, this looks amazing. But my, my note is 15% of this episode looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What well, 15? we'll get into it. This episode was written by Alan Swayze. Uh, he wrote Vendetta. And this is one of those like kids writers again. Um, we've seen him before, obviously. You know, Vendetta. Heathcliff. And he- the, Heathcliff, yeah. Pete and Pete, Fraggle Rock, Reboot, all that stuff. Very strange. That he got this gig. But he did. But he did. And then he was also in Roadhouse, right? Yeah. yeah. He ripped that guy's throat out. Mm-hmm. May he then. rest in peace. This episode guest stars Kim Johnston Ulrich as Sidwin. Keir- yeah, it's spelled like Keirdwin, but said like Sidwin? No, I think it said Keirdwin, right? Keirdwin. Every time Max says it, it's like Sidwin. Well, that's fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the whole time I'm sitting there, how do you say this person's name? Yeah. 
My notes are Steve, riddled with typos. Uh, at some point, I just started calling her Steve Kirwin. <laughs> <laughs> the crocodile, Anna. Yeah, she was in the un- she was uncredited in the 1983 movie Zelig. If you haven't seen that movie, it's pretty good. I have not. Is it's, that Woody Allen? It's, yeah. If if you're not protesting Woody Allen movies, check it out. It's uh, it's it's a good movie. Why would they protest Woody Allen movies? I don't know. He seems like he's such a good guy. Hmm. Hmm. Nothing weird with his stepdaughter though, right? Or adopted daughter? <laughs> no. Why would there be? It's his adopted daughter. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, it's a good movie. It's about like this guy. It's kind of like a Forrest Gumpy sort of situation. Like he's around in every important event in like human history, and he's always like in the background somehow. This guy's Zelig. It's very funny. Is he an immortal? Maybe. Ooh. Uh, but she's done tons of guest TV spots: Remington Steel, Wings, Dallas, Remington Steel, starring Pierce Brosnan. That's right. Uh, Lois and Clark. Uh, and she recently did some spots on Castle and Law and Order: True Crime. Which one's so, that? I don't know. I'd never heard of that. Are they just trying to like cash in on like the making a murderer craze? Maybe. Probably serial. Menendez yeah. murders. The first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that, isn't that where we got the inspiration for this from serial? Yeah. Keith listened to serial and was like, we got to do this. <laughs> Have you heard about this cool new format? It's even better because Keith is presently wearing a never not funny Jimmy Pardo shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which might actually be like the first real viable podcast. It's one of them. It's one of them for yeah. sure. Papa. Also, this episode guest stars Ben Pullen as Bonnie Prince Charlie, and this is one of his first credits, but he, and he hasn't done too much. Uh, also, I note the kid that plays Paolo, this little the little street kid. Mm. This is his only credit. Oh. Shocker! Right? <laughs> really? Like the phone was ringing off the hook after this performance. <laughs> also, is this a reference to Paolo Barsman? Absolutely, it must be. Right? It's got Paolo, <laughs> baby Paolo, baby Paolo's first quickening. Ben Pullen. Hey, I Ben Pullen something what's that mean is that a masturbation joke yeah okay so cool we talk about dude. the imdb episode description of this Ooh. yeah this is like Sock a it book to me. like so a book yeah get a so drink sit down by the fireplace hang on let me take a get my coffee in position <laughs> can you read it in the batman voice oh boy <laughs> thugs kill immortal is this is this even close you're you're drifting into macho man yeah but, i thought uh, so it's pretty good keep doing it no. <laughs> okay, just read right. it normal. Thugs kill immortal Sidwin's mortal lover, Steven, and she vows vengeance. Meanwhile, as Duncan and Maurice are watching Richie at the racetrack, a young pickpocket named Paolo, who is the brother of one of Steven's murderers, <laughs> is, is the brother of one of Steven's murderers, steals Duncan's wallet. But Duncan catches him and winds up taking him home. On Why? The way, on the way, Duncan learns of Sidwin's situation, and he attempts to get Paolo to tell him where the rest of the gang is so that he can stop Sidwin from killing them. Also, <laughs> Richie pushes his motorcycle racing too hard, and he must deal with the consequences. In flashback to Roman Britain, Sidwin's Pictish tribe attacks Roman soldiers who decimate them and turn Sidwin immortal. Oh, Interesting. That was a question I had. If that, no, she looks surprised. Yeah, I thought uh, yeah. that was my what my notes. I, I thought she was surprised everybody was dead. Um, in flashback to 1746 Scotland, Duncan tries to get Bonnie Prince Charlie safely out of the country, comma with Sidwin's help. Wow. <laughs> I just go. want to read the YouTube description. Oh, good, 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 good. <clears throat> Can you read it in the Batman voice? Absolutely. I have not. I didn't get enough of that last time. So immortal Kidrin extracts bloody revenge. On the gang who killed her mortal husband, and Duncan must try to persuade her. That's not the way. <laughs> the YouTube... Wait, it actually says that's not the way. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. The YouTube's uh, descriptions are so succinct. 
Yeah, so, so she buy that uh, compared to that last one. Yeah, compared to the treatise we just read, that was like beat by beat, baby. <laughs> you don't need to listen to our episode now. <laughs> yeah, shut the book. So we'll see you next time. Yep, I've been Kyle. I'm Keith. <laughs> this is Batman. <laughs> Where's the detonator? We're just doing citizen. All right, guys, shall we get into this episode? Just shall we stop yeah. fucking around? <laughs> so we, we open in a, a restaurant Yes, with a couple. This looks like a swanky restaurant. Yeah, it's a nice little place. There's a little jazz music playing. With the Crocodile Hunters, Steve and Kerwin. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Kerwin. <laughs> Steve Kerwin. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm the entire time. And the dude is like ADR central. Oh, like right off the bat. It's, it's like, oh, we're it's driving me insane. Yes. The ADR in this is just painful it kills me so they're talking about moving to madrid from paris and it becomes apparent that the man is mortal and the woman is immortal right yeah and do we know what steve's business is that in madrid? no it's all like super vague it's uh, like, yeah. this well, is the chance of a lifetime it's what like, kind of chance for business opportunity yeah. right <laughs> he's an importer exporter <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, so it gets revealed that his wife, Sidwin, is immortal. Yeah. In and she's the one who doesn't want to go. Right. She's like, she's... but our life's in Paris. But he's like, What's... why doesn't she want to go? What does it matter to her? She's yeah. She's got her social life, yo. She's, uh, yeah. she's like, our sense. friends are here. I don't really want to go. Steven's like, we'll make new friends. She's got all the time in the world. Exactly. I don't yeah. know. Which is what he eventually says yeah. that shuts her down. She's like, meow, meow. But he's like, all right, well, we are going to talk about this later. I'll go get the car. So then we cut to like this like hard rock music. Like this, this music. Is, might this just say bad guy drums. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like hanging out by the river. And it's like. Uh, this gang is straight out of one of the Charles Bronson Death Wish movies. Oh, it's that. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Like they're all like hype, hyped up. They're like licking the gun they have, or, like, which is enormous or something. Yeah. yeah, like they might as well just like fillet this gun. <laughs> and they're like, hey, hey, oh, criminals! <laughs> yeah, we are evil. It's like to talk about Batman. It's like this is like a clown gang. Yeah. they oh, are. Yeah, yeah. They just gang. don't have makeup on. Yeah, <laughs> this feels like very much like that late. Going along with the Death Wish, like it yeah. feels very much much like that late seventies, eighties villain that's just like, and we're evil for its own sake, yeah, and it's... the world is chaos, and yep. young people have gone off the rails. Like that is this gang. Yeah, it's bonkers. And then they do this. So we meet this kid Paolo, who's yeah. like this short, like he kind of has what kind of hat is? It? It's not like a pork pie hat. It's like a, a little bowler kind of thing. It's almost like a fedora. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a fedora. Yeah. And he's got like a leather jacket. And he's always saying "milady." Yeah. <laughs> and also, like my note, it says like this kid is just greasy. Like yeah. this he's kid so greasy, greased up. It's like we're watching some kind of cartoon cart racing cartoon, and someone just dropped the oil slick. Yeah. <laughs> that is this kid so they ask him like hey like what was your take today like yeah. they're running this like scheme so he gives him like a wallet he doesn't have much mm. money so like do better tomorrow and then there's like this beat of silence and then the guy just like screams he's just like ah and, the kid's face. <laughs> yeah. and that's it and it's like and then the kid walks away it's like what the hell's happening okay yeah. <laughs> what and the guy just keeps brandishing like this giant hand cannon yeah Thing like, throughout this entire scene. But I guess this is like an Oliver Twist Fagan right. scenario or yeah. something. Did anyone that's notice, definitely what that did is. Did anybody notice some of the off-screen dialogue that was happening no. here when the kid's like walking away? It's like, Mario, I'm sorry. He's just a crazy kid, but he's good. Gastano, right? Trust me, man. He's good. Like, it's, it's, And it's like delivered. He's just a crazy kid. It's just, yeah, just it's delivered like that. Too. Also, yeah. Paolo isn't crazy at all. No! Like, he's the most mild-mannered 
kid. Yeah, he's, like, like very quiet and, like, yeah. I think he's kind of quiet, right? He's like, why don't girls like nice pickpockets? Oh. <laughs> Permit me to play devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going on, but who's coming this way? Steven. 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 Go the other way, Steven. Can't you hear the drums? Also, like, this gang is hiding out. Like, this seems like a busy thoroughfare, right? Like, this isn't some well, dark. just, like, on the side of the river. It's right. a well-lit like, space. Like, by the, like, like hit night. Yeah, like, it seems like the restaurant is, like, across the street, and they're, like, ready to murder. rich people. Yeah, Yeah. they're ready to just murder people out front of it. They immediately start hassling Steven, who decides to walk right through this gang, where, like, the guy has the gun, like, out. Right. Maybe, like, be Surely that's for someone else. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's not for me. Have your keys out and ready to go. (laughs) City Living 101, even in Gay Paris. (laughs) So they they take his wallet, and then they want his watch. Yeah, and they're, like, really pushing around. Well, when they ask him for his watch, he, like, flips out. He's like, no! (laughs) You have my my watch. The whole time I was picturing was, like, the Pulp Fiction Christopher Walken explanation of the watch. Why are you so attached to this watch? That must be why. Yeah, so he puts up a big stink about this watch, and then they blast Blow him. him away for no reason. They, like, kick him in the stomach, and then <laughs> and that's like not good. Out. Like, that's yeah. not good enough. It's like, yeah. it's not enough just to beat this man. We will also kill him. And while they're beating him, someone in the background is like... <laughs> I'm sorry, what? There's someone making, like, gobbling sounds in the back. Well, oh, this, they're, like, calling him, like, yeah. a turkey or, like, yeah, a the chicken. <laughs> Yeah, this gang is cuckoo bananas. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, <no> shit. <laughs> uh, Kierdwin is like left the restaurant and right. is seeing him getting hassled, and then sees him get his brains blown out. <laughs> <laughs> and so she runs to, well, not save the day to like I, I don't know. She runs towards them, and then they shoot her pop 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 like three times yeah. in the chest, and she goes down. She gets fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and like they make these really cartoonish faces while this yeah. is going on. Like it's all of a sudden it's just like who farted in a Three Stooges sketch. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like making like faces as they like then run away. Now crazy, they don't run away like fast enough <laughs> for having like, just committed just a multiple homicide. Two people. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're very casual about this. Yeah, life, so- is, life is cheap in Paris. Yeah. So a thing, uh, so a thing that is going to come up later, and I'll bring up now. Like it is ridiculous that he makes a big stink about like his watch. Like that's too far. The script is different, and in the script, they're trying to steal his car keys, and he doesn't want to give up his car, and uh. that's what's going on here. And I think that is important later because then there's more parallels to this sort of scenario. Anyway, yes, but I don't know. I think that helps the scene a lot if. If it's a subtle change of cars versus watch. A watch? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, quit freaking out, dude. This guy's got a gun. He's beating the shit well, out of you. He has your wallet. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the kid, anyway. Paolo, like, looks on, and he seems, like, not cool with all this. He's like, uh-oh, this is bad news. So then we cut to the racetrack. Yeah. And it's Saracen. It's Mac and Marie better together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we get some footage that we've seen before mm-hmm. of the race. Yep. And for a little while, did anyone think, which this could have been kind of cool, did anyone think that this storyline took place within the mythos storyline that this is corresponding to a different episode you mean yeah like that these two stories are like interwoven and i was immediately thinking that because of like well richie's racing they're using some of the same footage and i was like is it possible that all this takes place together it's not no i don't think so no one thought that initially no i thought that could have been cool I don't understand. Like, because we saw a lot of Richie racing in mm-hmm. Mythos, right? Yeah. So, but Mac was on his own, like, Mythos adventure. Also, mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen this episode, so I kind of was, like, fuzzy on, like, mm-hmm. what this episode was going to be. 
and I was like, oh, like, did we see Max Adventures in Mythos? And then we're going to kind of use the the racing plot, like the racetrack is like a pivot point. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we'll revisit some of those scenes from kind of a different angle or get a little more of them. But this is going to be a Richie story. And so both of these, you know, they both were kind of going on at Hmm. tandem. No. Because it's also not a Richie story. No, well, now, obviously (laughs) it's not. I was just saying in the beginning when I was watching this, I thought that might have been what was happening. No, that didn't occur to me. I was theorizing that this could have taken place within the Mythos storyline. It does not. It does not. Guys, come on. Let's move on. But Richie has (laughs) taken some tight turns. Turns about as tight as that bandana around his neck. Yep. It's kind of cool. It's like knee scrapes the ground on one of the Mm -hmm. turns. I think that was neat. Sparks. Zap. But he's still getting problems from Basil. Yeah, Yeah. Basil's a piece of shit. And Mac kind of notices that Richie's being a little devil may care in his racing he's been a little too aggressive and he even he at some point confronts him with it that you know would you be racing this way if you were concerned about dying right maurice says something that annoyed me when he's like young men they all think they're going to live forever and i just hate that kind of like on the nose this show loves doing that stuff yeah like it loves the on the nose like you want to live forever yeah there's an episode where like somebody literally said to duncan like oh you act like you're 400 years old or something (laughs) the exact age he is right richie gets a little taken aback by this he's upset but then we cut to the parking lot and this kid palos like this is like i guess his beat and he's yeah he's exclusively a motorcycle racing because yeah, he comes back here again again so yeah. he's going through the parking lot checking all the the handles or whatever mm-hmm. and he, he eventually runs into mac yeah. purposefully right purposely. there's no one around it's like very obvious right. i was surprised mac didn't like just immediately deck this kid yeah (laughs) because it's like mac has his car door open if someone comes up and physically touches you from behind while your car door is open that is nefarious like (laughs) yeah there's a 50 percent chance that thing they touch you with is the barrel of a gun mac chases him down Mm -hmm. and this is kind of a funny little exchange i thought yeah like mac like roughs him up Mm. and all right okay okay (laughs) that's being that's being generous with this continue sorry to mean to interrupt your flow all right so mac like gets his wallet gets his wallet back but then also demands palo's wallet and he's like well i'm keeping this and it's like what the hell he's just robbing this kid did he take his wallet or did he just take the money out of his wallet i thought he took his whole wallet his whole wallet i was just like man my student id's in there I I'm not going to be able to go to bathroom discounts. during homeroom. Yeah. <laughs> also, the music during this scene, I have a note saying this is Highlander Steely Dan. It's like <laughs> kind of like rock jazz. Yes. It's pretty good. But it just says, yay, stealing music. <laughs> <laughs> stealing music. <laughs> so this kid then pursues Mac again, hops in the T-Bird. Or no, just, Mac doesn't drive a T-Bird in Paris. What kind of no. car does he drive? Shit. Oh, I don't know what kind of car it is. It's like a weird, it's a nice like, car. It's, it's, a, it's a like nice a weird, car. like Mercedes. It's thing. nice, yeah. Uh, but so, he cops in. He's like, "Can you like? I don't have a ride. Like, I got to get home to my sick sister." Yeah, <laughs> his know, sister like, needs like a heart operation yeah. or something. I hate this. Kid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. is that even his real voice? No, dude? that's no. not his real voice either. So he's yeah. just like all this actor brought to this table was just a delightfully greasy appearance. So how about that we, was his asset? <laughs> How about we listen to a little from Ken Gord and Don Payanessa about this kid's voice. Friend of the show, Ken Gord, Gordy LaForge. Take Back the Night was a show that we shot in Paris, and and Ken Gord uh, brilliantly cast this uh, kid whose uh, character was uh, named Paolo. And Paolo looked great, and he was uh, was a great little actor. The problem was that you couldn't really understand what he was saying because... He's French, and he was speaking in broken English. So um, 
there was a decision made that the only way that we're going to be able to utilize his performance was to bring in an actor in Vancouver and revoice him. Well, we just did casting in uh, Paris, and uh, he seemed the best little kid. I think uh, we, we revoiced him, which was pretty normal. So we ended up uh, revoicing him with a woman who uh, was great at sounding like a 14-year-old boy. And it turned out to be brilliant, and it was very good. And uh, I think it really made that whole performance just stand up, and it was, uh, it was really a lot of fun to do. All right, guys. Uh, a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So I actually thought it was kind of okay. I was debating the whole episode, is this kid dubbed or not? I, I was not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, neither was I. Wow, okay. Interesting. I don't know. He just irked me. Also, Maybe we... it was his fedora. Oh. I might have been very biased about that fedora. But... <laughs> yeah. Can we also talk about like the gang and this kid? Like Everybody's American or Canadian or whatever in this show. Like No one is French in Paris, it would seem. But his name's Paolo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's French. <laughs> uh-huh. At some point in the episode, he steals a baguette. What's more yeah. French than that? <laughs> okay, so we cut from... Mac deciding to drive this kid home or whatever. Yeah, for some reason, he decides to do this right. after just being like, give me your wallet. Yeah, he, <laughs> he steals his wallet. And then gives him a ride and home. And then he gives him a ride home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a ride home. Yeah, to like an abandoned yeah. warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we cut you to... You want to see a dead body? Is <laughs> 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 basically what he does. So we cut to Sidwin's bedroom, and she's like painting this Can like... Can we agree how we're saying this? I'm going to say it like Max says it, Sidwin. I'm pretty sure it's Kierdwin. I'm with Eamon. But Max says Sidwin. He also says possibility. <laughs> so, and we don't say it that way. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Every time we say possibility now, we say it that way. <laughs> All right, fine. Continue. So, Sidwin. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, she's painting like these like Celtic symbols and stuff on her face. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, this is yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah. the whole time cool. I was like, I can't decide whether I hate this or love this. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, I love this. <laughs> so then we get this flashback to England in 60 AD, and it's this Celtic village thing. They said it was a Pictish tribe? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't, you know, I'm dumb at history. I don't so know what Picts what, were. What are the Pictish? Pictish? Like Celtic tribe that mm. occupied like what various parts of what would become Great Britain. Oh. The Picts were one of like the ethnic groups there. So would you say Sid- Sidwin's a manic Picty dream girl? Yes. No. God damn it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> gonna... She does not fulfill that trope in this episode. Mm, that's fair. So they're getting ready for battle against some Romans. Right. That's true. And they, so there's this woman, Neva. seven Romans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Neva is this pregnant lady. Mm-hmm. And I guess her husband there, what's his name? Ca- Callum? Callum, son of Callum. Right. Yeah. Gimli, uh, son of Gloin. So they're... And my axe. <laughs> they're going off to fight. This whole flashback has this weird pink hue in it, and I really don't like it. I have a guess why they did it. What's your guess? Well, because most episodes only have, like, one flashback, meaning, like, a flashback to, like, a particular time. Like, we'll go back to 1750 in this episode, and that's where we live. This has two. So Correct. we go to 60, and we also go to, what is it, like 1756 or whenever it is? Yeah. And they're both kind of like in the forest. Like, they look similar. So I think they wanted to make them look different. Yeah. So they so you put would... like a pink sepia filter right. on it? That's my guess, is so you would not be visually confused. But it's a bummer because I think the costumes are kind of cool. Yeah. Like, there's like a little village. Like, mm-hmm. I think this would look nice without it, the pink. It, like, washes the colors. Yeah. And I bet between... 
you know, the the Pictish outfits and like the fairly detailed Roman centurion costumes that we see in this. They're probably natural colors would have been more compelling. Yeah. They're nice costumes. Mm-hmm. There's some weird editing for this because they're clearly trying to control for the fact that they didn't have that many extras and that many people to be in this. Yeah, it's all really like close up. Yeah, it's tons of close ups. And then the, the one that gets me that just like ripped me way out of this, there's at one point early in the fight where it looks like you know on camera there's only like seven romans but there's obviously more right and it seems like they're winning and then at some point the romans form like a shield wall Mm -hmm. which is something the romans did and like you know they hurl their spears and it looks like this is supposed to be the turning point of the battle because like the romans have now formed up like they're actually in a fighting form then the very next cut Everything is dispersed again, and they're just fighting in the forest, but now the the picks seem to be losing, I guess. And I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, they were just formed up a second ago. Now they're not. We've transported in time many minutes. And it was, I don't know, it was just odd. It created, like, a weird continuity problem where I wasn't sure where anything was happening. Yeah. So, during the course of this fight, Sidwin is going to get stabbed, but Callum saves her. And he's like, always watch your back. And she's like, I don't need to watch my back because I got you. And then he gets stabbed in the back stabbed in the back because she wasn't watching his back she's like fuck (laughs) uh so i left out loud at that i I was just like really so then she ends up getting killed well i guess she kills the person that killed callan then she gets killed everyone's getting got i was wondering well we were debating well we found out in the imdb episode description that they said this is her first death Probably confirmed in the Watcher Chronicles. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was or not, because I was then even wondering, is the whole reason she's not watching her back is because she kind of doesn't care. Like, she's, she's like, leaving herself more exposed because she can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But maybe not. Hmm. So this probably is her first death. Probably. There we go. And when she revives, like, the pregnant lady is right in front of her. Yeah, I was like, is the pregnant woman on this battlefield? Yeah, I guess. That really... That confused me a lot as well. That seems like, unwise. Also dark, yeah. right? Like, yes. she's dead and the baby's dead. Yeah. The well Romans. Done. Also, we missed a cut back to the present for no reason. So after she gets killed, they cut back to the present, show one of her tattoos. She's still, like, drawing the symbols. Right. Yeah, they're that, not tattoos. Yeah, they're... Yeah, she, like she's paint. yeah she's you see her drawing the war paint. Then we cut back to her in this battle where she's wearing the war paint. Right. She cuts back to the future, drawing more war paint, and then back again. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just to show the passage of time between when mm. she died and revived. But I don't. I, I didn't need the transition yeah. for that. You could have just done it. Like, yeah. It made no sense with the dissolve or. I think they're just trying to get more juice out of the pretty cool sequence of her painting herself the war paint on but yeah. it did kind of seem pointless it's just weird yeah <laughs> and she's wearing a cool leather coat i guess is that steven's and, coat or something or i don't does know she just look cool i don't know if it's Eamon cool. thinks she looks very cool i think she yeah. looks cool the very sexy <laughs> helen or whatever her name was mm-hmm. <laughs> uh hey i'm on board all right so kirdwin wakes up in the past and she goes ham on the remaining Romans and buries her friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone have anything else to say? No, that's kind of what happens. So then it? in the present, she like suits up with the, the leather yeah. jacket and necklace and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they there's a very long shot of her like leave. It's like we see her <laughs> yeah, leave we, this house for a while. The, the, there's a stationary camera on like a four tiered staircase mm-hmm. essentially. And we follow her down every single one of those steps. Right. I did want to say I kind of liked the cut back to the future because she's burying Column Son of Column and the pregnant woman. And the pregnant woman's wearing this necklace and she like takes it and like 
clips it on. Right. And like it cuts to her clipping that same necklace on mm. in the future. It works. Yeah. It's one of the better transitions. Right. They do use the stair shot again, which is the only reason I kind of liked it. Like it, they call the stair shot back in like the last battle of the show. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah you were really lo- looking for that harmony. I <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we got to really set the stage for someone walking down the steps because someone might fall down those steps later. <laughs> it's Chekhov's gun. If you show stairs in the first act, you got to use them by the third. They are nice steps. Yeah, they are. Very good. All right, so we cut to this, like, warehouse place. Like, this is, like, the foot soldier hideout from, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, it is like that. And it explains yeah. the rap song and the uh, the half pipe in it. Yeah. It's my body. Watch my body. Paolo does, like, some skateboard moves. Right. He plays At, ping pong. And then somebody asks him whether he wants cigarettes, regular, right. or menthol. Yeah. All right, so... It always comes back. More, damn cr- more crazy music is playing. And so Sidwin sneaks in, and this, like, doofus is like, who are you looking for, or whatever. Or I guess she, like, try- thinks he might be the killer. What yeah. was the point of this? No point. We just see yeah. him, her walk up to some rando and just being like, oh, okay, bye. Right. Yeah. Like, you're not the person I'm looking for. And then he's like a sleazeball. He's like, I can be who you're looking for. She's holding a sword during this conversation. Right. <laughs> like, to his, like, right in his face. No yeah. one in this story respects brandished weapons. Yeah. <laughs> they see someone with a brandished weapon and are like, I think I'd like to talk to them. I don't know. They're holding a weapon of destruction. They, they're probably an interesting person with an interesting story. Let me walk into a crowd of them. So then we cut to Mac and Paolo in the car. So have they been driving this whole time? Exactly. I, I was kind of, I have a lot of notes on the timeline of this episode. Like, because when she. Because it all takes place in the middle of the episode mythos. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was only asking if you guys thought that. I don't believe that's what's happening, obviously. But hmm. the race took place let's during the day for sure in the afternoon probably right then Maybe. max driving palo home mm-hmm. then this whole for thing, six hours <laughs> yeah but then yeah. like it seems like this whole thing with sidwin is happening is at, at night is absolutely at night right or no i think he's they're just in like a blue subway tunnel or something it looks but i like thought it's at night but i don't think it is i thought it was at night when she was even at her house so did i oh because of the lighting I think it's just because she's sitting alone in the dark like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> With like I, yeah. all the blinds drawn. Like yep. she's going to take it back the day. It seems like yeah. it's at <laughs> <In> night. <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, but it should be I at night because it takes back the night. Yeah. This, this, but it's only day. <laughs> I, it's well, the answer is And there's that no Paolo taking lives, back in this. Paolo lives so far away <laughs> that Mac had to drive him home overnight. Yeah. That's the lesson. I guess the bar is connected to this abandoned like parking structure i don't my think note just so. says over and over again where are we i don't th- yeah. i think there's because a different I, bar, like that what's it called the black door that comes yeah. up later i think that's a it, whole different location really that looks the same that kind. looks the but same are we blue. supposed to think it's connected i don't think i so. don't i did that's i don't know if i, I was supposed yeah. to think it but i thought it yeah i'm I thinking think so. forbidden thoughts <laughs> forbidden thoughts <laughs> how uh, many entrances does this bar have a <laughs> hundred apparently yeah. regardless of whether it's connected to the bar which is what i thought at the time we're still we still haven't even been introduced to the bar yet at this point which is crazy yeah my notes are just like where are they a train yard a warehouse like yeah. a it's a village huge warehouse. A, where are they i don't know all right so paolo says he lives with his brother they end up at this warehouse. Mac goes in first, right, to check things out because he mm-hmm. gets the buzz, I think, when they yeah. pull up. And he's like, ooh. So then he finds this dude. I forget the dude's name. He's the guy who murdered Stephen. He finds him dead right. in the bathtub. In a bathtub. Which is just like There's in the just middle of the room. abandoned with bathtub. With his clothes on, right? Right. Well, he wasn't bathing, clearly. Yeah. Or was he? Yeah, how did it? <laughs> So How that that, that posits there? then Did that she, she killed him and put him in the yeah. bathtub to collect the blood. Like what? I, <laughs> I'm not sure. 
Maybe she wanted to bathe in his blood. Yeah. So, so that's so she had to fill the bathtub first. <laughs> I like this character. The one, the murdered one, or Sidwin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that well developed character, the murdered thug. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> he had delightfully thinning hair. My <laughs> favorite Highlander character, murderous thug. Yep. <laughs> Two. Yeah. So Palo sneaks in and follows Mac and sees this body as well, and like this freaks him out. Uh, I don't know what it is. I gotta go. Bye. Right. So he like gets out of there, and then Mac calls after Palo, which is pretty great. I've got a friend in my oil. Palo. Palo. I thought this whole warehouse looked awesome. Like it does this was like I was like, hey, we're in Highlander one again, finally. Like, so this is just like an abandoned thing they found, right? Yeah. I mean, it has to be. Yeah, and they just filled it with smoke, and it looked really cool. There I are thought. all these like exposed pipes that are shooting steam for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Like, which I'm like, what? <laughs> it's a cool set. But yeah, Mac runs after Paolo and then gets the buzz again. Right. He's like sneaking around and then he runs into Immortal Tattoo Lady. Steve Kirwin. Steve Kirwin. Steve Kirwin. There was a cool barrel on fire. I had that in my notes. I was yeah. like, oh, barrel on fire. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, we need Michael Moore to grab it and throw it. Yeah. There's actually yeah. a lot of cool <laughs> stuff on fire in this episode. Like, I thought, like, Paolo Barsman does a good job of making scene- the scenes interesting. Like, mm-hmm. there's not much going on. Like, he populates it with like steam mm-hmm. and barrels on fire and the candles and fireplaces. Like there's stuff happening that's like moody. There's and cool. a steam thing in um uh, uh Starcross too. That's how uh That's how he gets es- or Calus gets away. Oh that's yeah. right, yeah, he cuts that weird tube. Yeah. yeah. That weird, weird plastic s- tube. Steam tubes. Yeah. <laughs> that's Pelo Barsman's fort forte. <laughs> steam Kirdwin. So yeah, they they meet and it's steamy. It's this steamy. is weird, I think. It is weird. Because Max immediately, like, I have to find who murdered this bathtub guy, and he thinks it's Tattoo Lady. Right. She seems all upset about it. Like, he's like, you're a warrior, not a murderer. And it's like, you know no nothing. Fa- you know you nothing know about facts. what happened right now. Also, yeah. you know that Paolo is, like, a shitty kid, right? He's, like, a thieving kid. Mm-hmm. He probably runs with a shitty group. This whole place seems like it's, like... Not a, you know what I mean? Like, they're living in a fucking abandoned warehouse. Like, who killed that senator? Yeah, like, what yeah. do you think is like? There's nothing good happening here, yeah. and she, he's like accusing her of being a murderer. It's like, you know what? Maybe you should like ask what's going on. This yeah. is like peak Mac inconsistency, Mac incontinence. Yeah, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Yeah, it's weird, especially know. when we come to hear the history of these fucking people (laughs) as we're about to just mac is just all over the map but she's basically like uh i killed this guy because he murdered my husband so is that bad yeah and mac seems like not okay with that but he also is like kind of okay with it it's weird like he takes his foot off the gas pretty quickly he's still not approving of this though which is weird because he's done this (laughs) like often very often very strange so anyway they leave because she's got more people to look for i guess right and so she then, tells him to stay out of her way. Yeah. So then we get a flashback to Scotland in 1746 in the woods. With Bonnie Prince Charlie. Yeah, right. they are retreating from a horrible defeat. And Mac wants to rest, and Bonnie Prince Charlie does not want to do that. Right. But Mac's like, you got to think of your men. They need the rest. I know I know a place we can go. Right. Where so, everybody knows your name. So they end up, I guess she has like a tavern place or that looks like, like a, a castle, castle. <laughs> it's very big i guess maybe the she owns the world's biggest maybe she owns tavern. the tavern in the castle yeah, i think something. this is a medieval times <laughs> <laughs> that explains the joust they do between yeah. <laughs> and the turkey legs yeah 
But and unlimited Pepsi. They are fleeing from the Battle of Culloden, which was like the end of this rebellion. And they end up stopping off in this tavern for get ready for some amazing tonal inconsistencies for oh, yeah. the remainder of this episode. <laughs> well, there's some like funny bits here because Sidwin does not know it's Bonnie Prince Charlie. And Correct. so she like is shitting all over him. And then it turns out he's right there, which is funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're all in like weird cloaks. I guess they're like undercover yeah they're like fugitives right i suppose so they end up going inside and disguising bonnie prince charlie as a woman for great laughs ensue <laughs> so funny so funny this is actually based <laughs> on like real stories though oh really? oh really like the story of prince charlie he was the jacobite pretender to like the throne of england and you know this was his big play to get the throne back and then he kind of let the left rest of his life as a fugitive, mm. even though like there was a thirty thousand pound reward for him, but you know no no Scots dimed him out, and he ends up fleeing to France. But there's like a whole story that he dressed up as someone's maid, Betty Burke, and that's how he was able to evade capture. Wow, so there is like a real story behind this, that's but cool. I don't know why they chose to tell it here. And it's like super funny as Mac is about to go on a murder rampage. Yeah, <laughs> so get ready for that. Yeah, so well, Mac is like, I have to stay behind. You go because I have to protect these farmers because they can't protect themselves. Because yeah, like, the British are just murdering yeah. everybody. He says they killed like four thousand Scots or something like that. Yeah, it's a lot. So he leaves, and then Mac is going to depart. And I guess Sidwin is, like, warning him, like, you know, all this bloodshed is not going to make a difference, that and that, you know, this and that. She's trying to not have him commit all this vengeance and shit. Yeah. I don't know. This entire, all the dialogue around this I find very odd. Because, like, he's with his buddy Angus, the prince is. And at some point they're like, oh, dignity rides with the House of Stuart. Like, people will always respect you. But by the way, like, but you're leaving and I'm staying because they're still fighting to do. I Like, all this stuff kind of like goes on at once. It was a little unclear on what the point was. Yeah. But. I do appreciate the fact, like, I like the conversation that Sidwin and Mac have outside, like, where Mac wants to commit vengeance now. Like, this is setting up a good dynamic of, like, them both having opposing views of this depending on what point of their life they're in. I yeah. like that. Like, also, she's ancient. Right. She's 1,700 years already in yeah. this flashback. Yeah, but I like that, like, it's not, like, because normally it would be, like, Mac believes this is wrong, and he's always think, thought that's wrong, and she's believed this thing for a long, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they both flip-flopped on this thing, which I think is good. Right. And they're totally fucking, right? Oh, yeah. They yeah. fucking. All right, so. <laughs> Just checking. Just want to cue in on that. Eamon, do you have anything to say? They fucking. All right. All right. So Mac rides off and Sidwin looks worried. And then we cut back to the present. Uh, Just a rehash that Mac thinks revenge is bad and she thinks revenge is good. That should have been the name of the episode. Revenge is good. But not in this scenario. Mac thinks revenge is good and she thinks it's bad. In the Scottish scenario. Yes. Then in the future, she's like, give me my revenge. And he's like, nah. Now we cut back to the racetrack. And when is this? Is this the next day? I guess so. Or the and same day? I, uh, so Mac arrives. Like, this the next is, day. But oh. Maurice is wearing the same blue hat. Right? It's weird. It's, it's just blue hat Maurice. <laughs> because Mac Crazy left the race, drove Maurice. the kid home, then what? Either drives right back to the racetrack and they're racing again, or this is later. This later. has to be another day. I'm thinking this is later. But isn't the kid there again? Yes. Yeah, but Mac drove him home. So how do you get back? Right. I so it's got to be the next day. Yeah. The next day. Unless he just immediately, he was hiding in Mac's trunk on yeah. the way back. <laughs> I got to get back to the racetrack for my sick uncle. So Mac is at the racetrack and he's talking to Double R, Richie Ryan. He's explaining what the scenario is. And Mac is like worried there's only one way to stop her. Like, so 
he's not really letting her off the hook in that warehouse scene. Like, he's, yeah, he's like escalating this pretty quickly. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, there's yeah. only one way to stop her from taking out the bad guys, and it's to murder her. It's like, what are it's, you? You know, no facts at all. It's just to like chill out and have a conversation with her, you weirdo. <laughs> so Richie has another kind of tussle with Tarragon and <laughs> tussle with Tarragon. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're we gonna call him Time. A tussle with Time? No, a tussle with Time. A tussle with herbs to prevent. Oh, <laughs> How many do we have? Brawl with Basil. <laughs> Brawl with Basil, yeah. Basil, I guess, tries to run Richie off the track again. Yeah. And so they're all pissed at each other, as usual. Paolo's there, and he steals, like, a hot dog no, from the you, cafe. No, this is the baguette. This is the baguette steal scene. That there was a hot dog. That's, that is the world's biggest hot dog. That's, that is a, like, a I, foot-long Nathan's. Racers are hungry. I'm pretty sure it is a, a sandwich on, a, like, a long baguette of yeah. some kind. But Maybe might, a hot dog is a yeah, sandwich. That's true. Uh-oh. That is a debate for another time, but but he steals it. He steals yeah, it. He stuffs it into his coat. Yeah, right. it's cartoonish. It's <laughs> really funny. Matt grabs him again. Right, and the first thing Paolo yells is "Don't kill me," which is amazing. Yeah, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. And Mac shoves him up against a car. This is like you should be glad nobody has seen you do this. Yeah. <laughs> called child protective services on mac yeah and the kid gives up the bar that these ne'er-do-wells right hang out at well he's mentioned he's like i've seen a dead woman because he's revealed i guess that he's seen sidwin back then we cut they're driving in the car and palace says she's gonna like kill everybody or whatever like she's after all the people that were involved in this murder ice mac is worried that this dude palace brother isn't safe and he he has some quip about like was it worth it like just for the keys of a car and it's like hold on they didn't change that line yeah, yeah. like yeah. that what? line is left over from the just original for the hands of a watch yeah right hands just, of a watch. Watch. <laughs> just for the study tiktok of time TikTok, TikTok, time's running out for you, Paolo. <laughs> oh, boy. Ay. All right, so Pal- yeah, Mac hard. then goes back to the, the warehouse. Like, he drives him all the way back, yeah. possibly through the night, to this warehouse. And he's like, call me if, you know, you want to yeah. reveal anything, because I can help protect your brother. And at this point, Paolo reveals they hang out at the black door. Yeah. Which must not be at this warehouse. Uh, because if it was, Mac would have found be, them already. It's got to be it's nearby. Like there. It has to be. Like, sure. Before they go to the warehouse in the first time, there's just like a one like second clip of the bar. Yeah. And I'm like, right. why? To establish that there's a bar? I guess. And yeah. evil dudes It was there. confusing. That's why I think I thought this was like the Ninja Turtle layer. Because yeah. I thought that bar was like in the warehouse. Like yeah, this was like a I cool, thought. fun hangout for criminals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then we're about, we're about to get a hard pan to these criminals just like talking about how evil they are. Yeah. yeah. So we, we're in the black club. Nope. Black. What's in the black? Oh, <laughs> baby. What did you just say? The black, the black club. door. Whatever. The we're black. in the black club. <laughs> Anyway, we're at the Black Door Club. Did anyone notice the test level sculpture that's there? Yes. Oh, there's like a crazy sculpture with like a beer bottle in mm-hmm. its hand. It's good. Test level. Or it's like that sculpture in Highlander 2 that we teased and then sold in the LA Art Museum. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was good. hey yo. Mac is there. He then gets the buzz and Sidwin comes in behind him. And they argue about it's an eye for an eye, blah, blah, blah. Mac says revenge does nothing. And then we get another flashback back to Scotland in 1764. And so this like is like dramatic. Uh, like, shit it cuts right to There's two people hanging, hanging from hanging a tree from a tree very graphic and oh, this is where my comment of they're hanging out talking about how evil they are because the redcoats are just sitting there like oh how many people can we kill yeah right. so yeah they're just sitting around a fire 
chilling out with the bodies in the background corpses as one does and then mac like charges in on his Mm -hmm. horse and like fucks everybody up yeah there's murder of foot deer eaters yeah but mac gets like hurt during this whole thing he gets like shot yeah uh he ends up collapsing at like the foot of one of these hung corpses but then we cut to later and i guess sidwin has come to his aid and brought him back and undressed undressed him hubba hubba uh, and i guess is taking care of him took advantage of him while he was unconscious denies it later (laughs) and they have like the opposite conversation here where mac's like i've killed too much and Uh, she's like he says far worse than that should we play this clip yes please because mac is apparently a fucking monster. He is Monster Mac. Monster Mac. He did the Mac. He, he did, did the, the Monster, monster Mac. Mac. The Monster Mac. It was a graveyard Mac. Mac? <laughs> We're warriors, McLeod. We avenge our own. We kill the killers. There's a time to stop. When enough is enough. You know that. Maybe it's too late. The things I've done. I've killed so many. Young, old. With their wives and children watching. I've become the thing I hate. You've seen too much death. What you need is a taste of life. What the fuck? What the fuck? Well, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, they're about to taste of life indeed. Yeah. Fucking. But Mac has killed, like, women and children and all this. No, he hasn't killed women and children. But he's killed young and old in front of their wives and children. And it's like, you, what? Excuse me? So Mac is a murderer. (laughs) Yeah, Mac is, like, not great. I've become the thing I hate, <laughs> which yeah. is a little too on the nose, apparently. But still, that's like way dark, way dark, way darker than I ever assumed anything Mac would have done in the past would be. Right. That's some cold blooded shit. I don't know. I mean, in war, I guess shit happens. That's but right. War's over. That's true. And he's on just a one man killing spree. <laughs> It's not like he's in the army, even. He's just going around as one man, was he killing talk- was British people really in front over? of their kids. Yes. Okay. But is well, he like, talking about now or, like, just overall? It that's felt like over the course of his life that, like, I've done a lot of these bad things. Yeah, I guess that's where I was, like, I'm not sure if he's talking about in this episode, like, since he left Bonnie Prince Charlie, or if he's just talking about, like, overall, I've done all this shit, and it sucks, and I'm going to stop doing it now. Yeah. I mean, this does seem like a turning point for Mac, that this is when he kind of puts down the sword and... But we know he doesn't, though. He fights in, like, every war after this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. He's still fighting. Still fighting. So, uh. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I assumed it was more self-contained just to, like, this vengeance point. Interesting. Very good. Well, then we cut to the present in Sidwin's house. And I guess Mac has come over to visit and bang. And so... Do they fuck in modern time? No, I don't think so. Probably Mm. not, but maybe. In modern time. (laughs) Also... Sidwin's talking about how she's been with Steven for what, like 16 years? She met him when he just got out of school. school? It's, it's like, like you're a creep. little creepy, right? Is this some Roy Moore this shit? This whole thing right is here. creepy. How she's talking about him. This is like Robin he's the Cradle. A child. Yeah. Like you watch them grow up, is basically what she's saying. She's yeah. literally a hundred times his age. Yeah, it's weird. 
They change so much so fast. One minute you're changing the diaper, the next minute you're taking the V card. <laughs> uh, so Mac reveals, I guess, his love of Tess and yeah. how that all shook right. out. Oh, right. Also about trying to steal a car. Right. So, so I think that's where is... the that that's where this kind of becomes a little more poignant and important that they're trying to steal a car. It was probably just too much time to do an I don't know. I don't know why they didn't shoot it with the car thing in mind. I mean, too much time. They just would have had to change the word watch to keys and it was all eighty yard anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, they didn't have to be at his car to steal the car. Just give me just, his keys to your car keys. and where it's parked, the location where it's parked yeah. so I can go <laughs> get it. Uh, that's funny, but still. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But then he talks about like he's in love again with Anne and it's like really like you don't act like that at all you definitely don't like I don't think he's ever used the L word with Anne right no no and certainly doesn't seem like he loves her nope doesn't treat her like he loves <laughs> her that's right. for sure and so uh, Sidwin's like why don't you tell all the time now I know that's the other thing yeah, it's still on her <laughs> is, face is what that, the fuck is she doing is that just her look now has she not taken a shower timeline gross <laughs> It's a showerless zone. Maybe. I don't know. So Sidwin's like, why didn't you tell Anne? And Mac's like, because they die. They die. They die. But it kind of feels like they've worked this whole conflict out that, like, he's kind of convinced her not to kill more of these goons. That, right. You know, you got the one. Yeah. That you got the one that counted. Let's call Max it says, good. Max says, like, let that be the memorial to Stephen. Like, you don't need all of them. You got the murderer. Call it good. Right. But she's like, I gotta take back the night. She doesn't actually say that. Yeah. She seems good. She seems No, she done. seems, this is she's, done. Yeah. The episode is over. <laughs> or is it? They needed to have a fifth act or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we well, they needed to pay off that stair scene. They had that ten minute sure. stair shot yeah. that they needed to bring back. <laughs> right. So, all right, so we cut to the cemetery and we see Stephen Jarmel's tombstone, nineteen fifty eight to nineteen ninety five. That's the uh, villain from the Smurfs, right? Jarmel, yeah, Jargamel. Jar- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God. Uh, this show always has a real fast turnaround on these like funerals and stuff. Like tombstone is made, burial. Like how, where? When did? When is this? Yeah, I feel like she was. You get buried within a week. I guess, but like I, I guess I don't know. It no, seems no quick. guessing. You can get buried in a week. I feel like we're like two days later, maybe. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. It doesn't seem that long. She it's, leaves a rose on his tombstone and the jacket. And the, the jacket, adding to the theory that that was his jacket. So here's, I think, the deal with the jacket. So. There was cut dialogue in the original 60 AD flashback. Calum was, I guess they raided some village or stole it from the Romans at some point. He talks about we stole all their leather because we need leather as our armor. And there's like comments I think she makes about like, yeah, like leather is like a good a good friend on the battlefield and this oh. and that. And so I think this is supposed to parallel her, her armor in the past, which was like kind of yeah. this leather clad stuff. So she puts on armor in the future leather and then leaves her armor at the gravestone because she is done with fighting. Hmm. Again, strange bit of dialogue to cut out because there's beats in this episode yeah. that rely on that thing it's, to make this visual. just puzzling. It's, it's just like, like aren't you cold? It's, and it's raining. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, let me just leave my coat here. <laughs> she's like, I'll come back and do this ritual another time when it's dry. <laughs> We cut back to the black door yep. and the goons. Do we know the name of this gang? Uh, I mean, they are the Joker gang, but who yeah. who are these guys? The Pecan Sandies? Yeah, the Pecan Sandies. <laughs> Who's the, that's actually the, the grunge band that they formed, yeah. the whole clique <laughs> members of. But anyway, they are talking about how they have to go kill deal, her. Kill, deal with this ghost woman. Right. Because, yeah, little Paolo is convinced that she's like, well, I guess they're all convinced, like, she's going to hunt us all down. And so who is the guy? There's Ma- Mario is Paolo's brother. And Gaston? Or is Louis, that the dead guy? I think Gaston's the dead guy. It's Luis, mm. I it's think. Luis no is like, we one. gotta go get her. 
bleeds like Gaston. No oh. one dies. Gaston. No one's body gets dumped in a tub like Gaston. <laughs> so anyway, they're going to go shoot her, and they're like, make sure to aim for the head because she must be wearing some sort of vest. I don't know if this is supposed to be threatening or not because, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't I don't think it matters unless they like, blow her head fucking clean off. Yeah. Also, do you know? Do you remember how that line is delivered? Because he is holding a gun to his friend's head and like <laughs> shoving it in his face. Like, remember to shoot in the head. It's like I think you, there were other ways to make this message clear, but no, I got it. I got it. I got it. He accidentally shoots his buddy in the face. Like it happened in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> you got to have an opinion. So. We cut back to the racetrack, and Maurice and Mac are watching Richie. And mm-hmm. Richie, again, him and Basil, Basil of Baker Street, are going toe-to-toe. The sage slugfest in Kindies. <laughs> <laughs> and they both wipe out this time. This stunt is, I think, kind of cool. fucked. Like, yeah, they they are really, like, fucked. tumbling around and shit. It's kind of cool. One of the bikes explodes. and well, Why did the bikes explode? Good like, question. They're, they're, like, safely thrown from the bikes, and then it's, like, 30 seconds later, the bikes explode. <laughs> but then Basil, like... He He's on fire. Like, yeah. there's a shot of just a body on fire. fire. It's amazing. Dazzle's burning. Dazzle's burning. What is the highlight of the episode? What? This car crash yep. is the, or bike crash is the highlight? I is it, it just because of how much you wanted Tarragon to die? It was. That I was hated it. him. <laughs> it's just a cool stunt. And yeah, fire's cool, cool. And it creates, like, a good conflict for Richie. Yeah. Fine. Lessons learned. And Max just like, fuck. <laughs> so we cut to later on the barge, and Maurice is there being sad. He's like, oh, it's so sad to lose someone so young, implying that Richie is dead. Uh, yeah, which I was not sure I of. wasn't sure either what was going on. Because it seems like Basil's the one who really gets thrown about, you know? Right. They both did. Maurice could have even been talking about Steven or something, like the other plot. Like, oh, well, I don't know. How did Maurice know about that? If Mac told him. Like, if it they're, just... they're real close bonding experience. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Something about that blue hat, Maurice. I really feel like I can trust you. <laughs> Maurice says his first wife was very religious. And she's like, if you believe in that sort of stuff, you know, they're close by still. Mm. Closer than you know, Maurice. Right. So then we That's get right. the buzz. And Mac's like, I got to be alone. I have feelings. So he, <laughs> kicks, so he kicks Maurice out. I have to be alone. I have to masturbate. Uh, so well, Richie... As we learned from David Abramowitz, death is a great aphrodisiac no, that's, so. that's true oh, i've got a stiffy so richie comes in covered in like he's soot like and naked it. and wrapped in a blanket and he escaped from the morgue right and max like doing some prime like fiddling around acting wow. <laughs> lots of fiddling in the scene richie's telling him his story right. it's like i gotta like look through these books a little bit and yeah touch this little bubble <laughs> so this takes another dark turn right where richie i don't know comes clean or what i don't like it doesn't i don't get the impression mac makes an accusation of him no. at least i didn't read it that way yeah. and then richie is like almost like confessing slash defending himself he's like i did not consciously try to kill him i was right? like yeah whoa this maybe you did if, yeah yeah that's, that's really your fucked. response yeah also it's like incongruous with like the argument in the beginning of the episode which is like you're pushing to too much richie like you're taking too many risks that are dangerous it's like i wish this was not like richie maybe subconsciously murdering basil and just, that's what this that's what their conversation devolves into yeah. instead yeah. of like a lesson about like you've got to be more careful with right. your immortality yeah because like yeah it should just be that richie richie pushed it way too hard and as a result his recklessness got somebody killed right right which is something that he should feel very guilty about right not but, that he kind of murdered this dude. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> man. And then he was like, Mac, have you ever made mistakes like that? And Mac's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, what did you do, Mac? We know what Mac did. Yeah. He murdered his way through Scotland <laughs> and killed a bunch of people with their wives watching. <laughs> Mac's hands are apparently quite dirty. Yeah, so Mac's like, now you need to disappear. 
you're done here. You like yep. you need to leave you the need country. To leave Europe because Richie is famous. Uh, like what? There's gonna be records of his death. Like recent records. Just of change his, his name. He rides around with a helmet. Like th- this episode makes it very clear, and so does the next one. That like Richie is a recognizable famous racer. <laughs> I think the next episode was because he saw people he knew. It's true. The next sure. in the next episode he sees members of the pit crew. Yeah, I but, still think this is like a little much. Well, also like he, what he said, he's like you're done in France for a generation. You're dead in Europe for the next 10 years. Okay. Which, like, I don't know. That makes, I mean, I obviously there's no hard and fast rules about this, but that sounds, makes sense to me. Is yeah. that, like, if there's a bunch of records of somebody with your face being dead, like, just might come up. I was getting a little frustrated with this also just because I was like, hey, like, I've been loving Richie. And it's like, hey, another reason to get him off the, the show. show. It's like, are we losing him again? God damn it. Like, Shit. can we just get more Richie, please? Like, doing things. Yeah. Get more Richie or more Charlie or more Reese. Yeah. <laughs> more and more. One more. Oh, Charlie. So I was wondering, is this Richie subplot supposed to mirror Mac and Sidwin's plot about like mortal life is not worth taking or you know what i mean like the whole time i was trying to come up with a parallel between the two. i don't think it's that yeah i don't know that would only make sense in the world in which richie purposely killed this guy <laughs> which like not accidentally doing it yeah so like i don't think there actually is a parallel between these just, two this is richie's own story but i just like i couldn't find it so there's and a it, knock at the door the barge door and who is it but baby, baby palo, palo. <laughs> <laughs> they both baby Oh. Baby Palo. So we know Paolo babies. Uh, <laughs> he's there, I guess, to tell Mac that, like, hey, like, my They're brother and going after your doofus friend. Luis are going to try to murder Sidwin. So we cut to Sidwin's house, and the lights all black out, and I guess, you know, they're there. Yeah. So she gets her sword. Right. And Batmac is there. And he Batmacs some bald guy. Into like a pillar? Yeah. It's oh, cool. yeah. He yeah. takes him Bust downtown him. Charlie Brown. <laughs> and Batmac has long, flowing Batmac hair. Mm-hmm. So he took it out for some reason. <laughs> took his ponytail out. It's in know. fighting formation. That's right. Now we notice Sidwin like punches the one dude coming up the stairs or whatever. And like it is the slowest, like clunkiest yeah. <laughs> screen punch. <laughs> yeah. I've seen. It's really good. All of her stuff is a little screen punchy. <laughs> so I don't know. They beat these guys up. Yeah. Yeah, Mag takes out two of them, and yeah. then when takes on, I guess, Paolo's brother the is the last one. Guy. But it's be- and it's because he pulled a gun on her. He's, like, scurrying on the ground. He's going to mm. shoot her. And so I guess she's like, I'm going to murder this guy. Yeah. But then Paolo shows up at the door. He's like, don't kill him. Please. Please, sir. And I guess Mac is there, too, and she eventually decides to, like spare him spare him and also like police sirens are in the distance and they show, they up. show up immediately yeah. like if he had stabbed him well he, she probably would have been okay but still yeah so that's that and then like mac and sidwin are walking up the stairs talking about like life and love and it's like sidwin's talking about like oh the years i had with steven were worth it like even if you know there was all this pain of losing him it was worth it so it's like this one year of love theme coming back kind of from the movie and she i guess tells mac to like let ann make her own decision about They're not children right mac. yeah you don't get to decide for them yeah this is an interesting discussion i guess they have steven knew the risk of being with me he knew i was immortal blah 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 although he gets killed not for any sort of game related reason just like tess he gets murdered for no fucking reason right yep. so for a couple of car keys and some dollars <laughs> <laughs> so guys who took back the night from whom? <laughs> <laughs> and where did they take it to? Yeah. <laughs> they rattled the cages, man. <laughs> well, I also wonder, like, <laughs> this plot wraps up seemingly ne- neatly, but, like, the police show up. Sidwin must be in a fuck ton of trouble, right? What do you mean? For what? She murdered. They don't know that. Isn't somebody going to tell? 
They're all crooks, man. <laughs> they are all crooks, but like, how would they know? And also their story is, we shot this woman and then she came back and murdered this guy with a well, sword. Yeah, they're all known criminals. They're going to come up with some story that maybe she killed their friend, but they killed her husband. Right. And then they broke into her house and tried to kill her. So I feel like the cops are not going to believe probably not what these murderers and vandals who probably all have records say that like she also although she does have a sword and that guy was cut up yeah nice and vandals (laughs) (laughs) but i don't Uh, know i feel like the police will probably lean on these guys more than her it still seems like it's gonna be also she's friends with suspicious duncan mcleod the most suspicious (laughs) man in paris a record like as long as the book of kells hey oh all right so i don't know who took back what from who yeah, no, that's my sincere question. Yeah, no, it, did these guys own the night? And then she killed one of them and took it back? I don't understand. I guess. Or is it more like take back the night? Like, is the night revenge? Is the night the romance that he has with Anne that he's taking back by at the end informing her that she's still alive? Spoiler, that's how this episode ends. Yeah. We didn't actually say that. All but right. So let, let's wrap up this episode and then get, get back to the show. core question. All right, so the denouement of this episode is we cut to Joe's bar because Sidwin and Mac have just had this conversation about like, you got to let Anne make her own decisions. This, there's going to be a lot to fucking talk about. So we get a cameo kind of by Anne. She walks into Joe's bar and Joe is like, hey, you, you, like, you want a drink? Nah. It's like, you're going to want a drink. At this point, what do you think Anne thinks Joe is going to tell her? That he uh, loves her? Like, maybe? That's what we're leading he's into. He's absolutely coming on to her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I always thought you were a, a very remarkable, remarkable woman. woman. Yeah. Have a drink. And, like, Have a drink. and nobody's there at the bar. Like The bar is like, either this is after hours, which it's a bar, so it must be 3 a.m. 3 a.m. So probably not that it doesn't seem like this seems like it's at night again right no this is at daytime you think it's during the day that's how i read it i read it as joe closed the bar yeah i don't know know. (laughs) wasn't joe's closed down for drug dealing did they ever resolve they resolved that plot that's right because mac assaulted that guy (laughs) (laughs) all right so the phone rings joe picks it up well first he gives her a letter or i guess it's a plane oh it's a plane ticket to paris and she's like what's this for the phone rings on cue amazing Mm -hmm. and he's like it's for you and then we get this like shocked look yeah and that's like the end of the episode it's like once again Anne is fucked like this is such a mind fuck it's crazy well there's no easy way to tell this this is no better or worse yeah. than any i think right but what did joe say after this what was the what was the next five minutes like because joe like she does not know what's going on at all have a drink like said that over does here. he just say like Anne must have been like what the fuck is happening and joe was just like you gotta well, find have, out yourself. I'm well, not the, saying anything. Well, no, the, we don't see the end of their conversation with Mac. Maybe they talk on the phone for two hours. <laughs> Maybe. True. Maybe. But, but he must not tell her anything. Like, he does not reveal he's immortal till the next episode. That phone bill must be really expensive. Oh, that is true. Yeah. This is a long distance call in 1995. 101. <laughs> 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 Save a buck or two. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So that's this episode. Right. So who takes back the night from whom? Uh. Because that just makes it sound like this entire episode is a crime-fighting episode. Like, this is season one-style Max a cop 
thing. I if think that's, that's what, what this about. was maybe originally. Like, but this episode was almost too complicated for its own good or something. Like, it had a lot of themes going on in it. It had some great themes going on in it that they don't actually, like, develop that much. Yeah. yeah. But like, they the, do the, a bit, but then there's all this other accoutrement. Yeah. It could have almost maybe been a two-parter or something. I don't know. Like, well, the yeah, title like, implies that this is, like, a vigilante story and right. that she has gone off the rails to take back the night because there's, like, some problem in power. Like, she's just done with all this bullshit. And yeah. So it's almost like a Death Wish story. Yeah, this is a Charles Bronson thing. Sorry. Also, like, an anti-revenge-like thing. Because the plot gets, like, cleared up very quickly. Like, she murders the one guy. Mac is like, I don't know if you should be doing this. And then she's like, you know, you're kind of right. I don't think I should be done like yeah the conflict, the conflict is, then gets restarted by the like the like this almost misunderstanding because paolo doesn't know it's been resolved so he warns his brother they're like you got to now get her it's like oh well i think the brother wanted to kill him regardless it's that paolo warns mac about the woman or mac that they're gonna go get her no well the, the conflict agree, happens though, because paolo warns his brother that she's not done she's after everybody because that's what mac thinks and reveals to paolo either way i agree that the conflict is reset by the fact that these goons go after her yeah but like the conflict really isn't between mac and her Mm-mm. they both just kind of need to be reminded of their respective positions and they're like immediately like okay yeah because that happens in the past too like she convinces mac of the same thing like yeah. when she like takes care of him it's like hey that was wrong and mac's like yeah maybe it was like i've become what i hate it's like okay resolved like yeah which is not like necessarily implausible like i don't but it's not like great tv like that's not yeah. great drama the way that unfolds so then like the actual quote-unquote climax of this episode is not an emotional climax it's not a thematic climax it's just like a home alone style break-in story where mac just says leave or die yeah and also it almost gets like undercut by the fact that Paolo's brother what was his name boris no i don't know mario mario maru mario mario i think mario mario like he has a gun trained on sidwin yeah. Like, he's ready to shoot her. It's like, take that gun away. That way it's, like, her own... Like, she's not defending herself at that point. She's right. committing revenge. Like, she's acting... But he eventually. puts the gun down himself. He surrenders. Yes, eventually, yeah. yeah. And then I guess then she's kind of left struggling. But, yeah, it's very strange. Then the cops come and she never has to make Yeah, a I don't know. The th- these themes, like, flip-flop mm-hmm. so many times so quickly. I think it doesn't let us, like, sink our teeth into them. And, like, something is just off. It so, just doesn't land. On that note, as being something off, let's take another listen to producer Ken Gord, friend of the show. I didn't think it particularly worked that well, that show. I don't know why. I thought the, I thought the script was very good. And I thought Kathy Ulrich was very good. And I thought the uh, rest of the cast was very good. And uh, I don't know why. But for some reason, the show, to me didn't come together, but it's like baseball. It's all, it's all got to come together, and who knows why it didn't. There's two words that you don't want to ever see when you're producing a TV show. The two words are village and montage. Both of them strike fear into our hearts. Village generally means uh, on our budget uh, one or two huts that we can somehow magically, you know, attach to something else, or, uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could, like, um, do uh, crowd multiplication you know, do hut multiplication. We did actually get pretty ingenious at making pretty good uh, villages and stuff through our time. Mm, there we go. That is an interesting challenge that, you know, a village has got to be such a common setting and such a common desire for the writers, but that probably is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Here's another little bit behind the scenes tidbit. The way this again was edited, we'll put this clip on our Facebook page. There was a whole other scene filmed where Mac gets drunk in Sidwin's tavern. And that's the reason she's taking care of him. So the way, I guess, the show originally cut so he's together. he's hung over. <laughs> he's not even wounded. Well, kind of. So the way it originally was shot was that Mac murders all those British troops, dies, I guess then comes 
back to like the Get castle or whatever crunked. and then he gets fucking blasted and he starts calling the other people in the bar cowards and all this stuff and it's actually kind of funny it's kind of yeah. great and he's like tripping all over himself trying to fight and he gets his ass handed to him and she stops the fighting by like bashing his head in with like a a candlestick or, or something. yeah something like that and that's why he's got like a bump on his head or whatever mm. uh, interesting and so then she takes him back so she was More doing that weird tonal stuff right where, like you've got the betty burke like Bonnie Prince Charlie and drag. Yeah, this like funny joke, episode. And then like this joke about like, well, you're cowards. Yeah. I've, I've killed children in front of their families. <laughs> Whatever it is. But yeah, I agree with Ken. Like it's kind of hard to put our fingers on what's wrong with this because there's like stuff that's good about it. There's and- a lot of stuff that's great. And I like the guest the guest is great she's yeah. like and even the character's cool character. like, the whole face paint thing is mm-hmm. cool like, visually great like this vengeance plot is rife with material and they do a good job of you know linking her struggles against the romans to his struggles against the english like the two greatest empires in history yeah no paolo i think paolo needs to not be in this episode correct yeah. the richie stuff kind of i mean as much as i like richie it takes away from time we could be dealing right. with this like cool new character that richie stuff i feel like is amazing in another episode like, an entire yeah. episode driven around that plot where maybe we see flashbacks of mcleod making similar mistakes or right. you know mcleod <clears throat> pushing things too hard by relying on his immortality and getting himself jammed up because of it like, yeah there'd be a lot of interesting stuff you could do with that like if this is just like paralleling steven and tattoo lady's scenario against tessa and max and then the gang thing I think that would have been a lot better. But then you have all this other shit that gets mixed in. Yeah. I appreciate what the writers tried to do with the Richie plot, like, in the course of the last, like, three or four episodes. Like, they tried to take a story and just chop it up and spread it among all these episodes, which I think is cool. And we haven't seen something like that in a show like this. The the impact just isn't there. Like, if you just put all this stuff into one episode, I think you'd have a solid Richie episode. But, like, we end up treading water for three episodes to get to this point in the episode where, like, Richie finally makes his mistake and learns a lesson. But it's like, was it worth all this time we've spent? It's just like a perennial B plot in all the episodes. Not even a B plot, because in my mind, there's a concept that the B and A plots work together in some way. It's like the C plot. It's, like, not included. It's not really relevant in any of the other episodes and, and i thought this episode now- was finally gonna happen like max at the racetrack i was like here we go max there richie's there this all comes together no. but it doesn't like it's still completely disconnected and i think it's good i don't know it's just too separate it's just an, an island no richie ryan plot is an island <laughs> that was not that good thank you for that patronizing <laughs> laugh <laughs> uh well how about we talk a little bit about sidwin's rod rocher chronicle rocher chronicle yeah. rocher chronicle <laughs> yeah rocher here we go, guys. Steve Kidwin. <laughs> uh, her known alias is Flora McDonald, Emily Harris, Catherine McKern. She was born in 29 AD. Wow. So she was, what, 31 when she died? In Eastern Celtic Britain. Her first death was 60 AD. Uh, her first teacher was Marcus Constantine. Whoa. Hey-o. Mad Marcus. No, wait. Marcus Constantine is the... I thought he was the guy from Pharaoh's Daughter. Oh. Yeah. Who's oh, also a Marcus. Another Marcus. Another Marcus, M name. Marcus, Marcus. Tacky. I, oh, yeah. That's that right. A reference to friend of the show Ken Gord's speech at the, uh, whatchamacallit. So whatchamacallit. From last week's episode. Yeah. hey <laughs> Uh, her original cultural affiliation, Essini. Mm. I don't know what that is. I am waiting for Essini. <laughs> Recent base of operations. Base of opera. Like again, like are these super villains? Yes. Like it's like where do you live? Base of operations. Paris, France. Her occupation is a designer. Ooh. 
She designs those. And her roster marks. Status, mm-hmm. status is active. Active. And shall we read her chronicle real quick? Might as well. I have never seen two people more in love than Sidwin and her fifth husband, Steve Jarmel. When Stephen was murdered, I have never seen anyone more disappointed than Sidwin. And when she took up her sword to avenge him, disappointed. And when she took up her sword to avenge him, I knew it would take a force of will greater than her own to stop her. The rest of Stephen's murderers should thank God for Duncan McLeod every day of their lives. Um, Heyo. Unlike some female immortals, Sidwin never needed a man around to protect her or to somehow make her feel complete. But she lived through a lot of periods where that was expected. Periods when she had to pretend to be someone's widow, someone's daughter. But she loved and married the same way she lives her life, on her own terms, as an equal and as a fellow warrior. The same iron will and passion for life that carried her into battle against the Romans will soon take her into her third millennia and maybe even beyond. Sidwin beyond. Uh, <laughs> to infinity. And beyond. To Sidwin infinity. Sidwin Wow, that's Sinwin-fitty. this might be our sloppiest wordplay ever <laughs> in the good, history guys. of the show. Very good. Hey guys, you ready to play a game? Game yeah. time! Woo! So we're gonna play a little game called Three and Five. Yeah. For those who at home who may not remember the rules, I will name a topic, and whoever's turn it is has five seconds to name three examples that fall within that topic. You get one point for each one you, you get correct, and if you manage to get all three, you get a bonus point for a combined total of four points. Ooh. Does that all make sense? It does. We all ready to do this thing? We are ready. ready. Booyah. Keith, name for me three Roman emperors. Uh... Nero, Caesar, Augustus? That, nope, I, that's... Yeah, no, that's accurate. So you will get four <laughs> four points for that one. All right. Despite your crippling lack of confidence <laughs> on that, you will get another point. Yes. <laughs> All right. Eamon, yes. this one's actually a little harder than I thought, but I had originally designed it to be parallel to the other one, so Ooh. hang on to your butt. Name me three rebellions against the British Empire. Ugh. Uh, the the IRA does that count? Um, Wait, burning time. India. Uh, okay, well, nope. I you probably could have started with the American Revolution. Oh, that makes sense. Where I live, <laughs> I'm debating whether just I hadn't actually conceived of you just naming countries. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you two points just because. Hey, feeling you know generous. I'm, but. That we're being generous here. Also, that question was harder than I think I thought it was when I wrote it. So I would have accepted the Sepoy Rebellion. Ooh. Anyway, uh, you ready for some more Highlander-related stuff? Ooh, all right. Keith, name me three people who've been killed by Richie Ryan. Um, we have Mako. We have Kristoff. Oh, uh, uh, and we've got... We're out of time. Kristoff happens on the next episode, I but I was more than prepared to give it to you. <laughs> and I, and I guess points. Basil. Yeah, we, I would have accepted Basil. I would have Ooh. accepted Tommy from Eye for an Eye. Oh. That's, uh, the reason, that's the reason Sheena Easton's after him. Raisins. Raisins? You said raisin, and it sounded like raisin to me. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool wordplay, dude. Cool story, bro. Eamon. Yes. Give me three nicknames that I gave Basil in this episode. Shit. Uh, Thyme. Uh, uh, what what's the testosterone? What's the other one? Terragon. <laughs> wow, I am. I've decided not to give you thyme. Thyme. <laughs> thyme. Like thymus. Thymus glandrin. Yeah. 
Time? Didn't you say that? I did say time. Yeah. I mispronounced it. <laughs> and sage and tarragon and testosterone. <laughs> Test- if you named any spices, I would have given it to you. You don't get testosterone. I'm giving you one point for this one. I think I deserve one point. <laughs> I think so too. All right. I think so too. Keith. Yes. This episode involved Paolo. Can you name me three episodes with kids in them prominently? Uh, the. Kenny, um, oh, fuck, what's it called? Lion, nope, Den, nope, what's it called? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Don't ask Little me. lamb, lamb, little <laughs> lamb. <laughs> All right, you get one point. <laughs> the lamb. Like lion. Jesus Christ. Den. This is your opportunity, Eamon, Shit. to get, get yourself back into this game. Keith, just for that last one, I would have accepted the lamb, which is the episode with Kenny. Other notable ones are Line of Fire. And, oh, of the, course, this one. baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, are babies not kids? I'm confused. I wouldn't call a baby a kid. You wouldn't? No. No. That's are there insipid. any episodes with little goats, baby goats? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah little kid. Yeah, that's actually what, the only thing it was based on. Yeah. Amen. Name me three immortals who fought for or against the Roman Empire. Oh, uh, Nefertiri. Uh, oh, shit. Kirdwin. Uh, shit. You're done. So who else we got? We got Marcus. Marcus Constantine, who yeah. we just talked about just a talking, moment yeah. ago. The other Marcus, too, right? Was Mad he Roman? Marcus? Mad Marcus? Maybe. I'm not he sure. Was Roman. Yeah. Also would have accepted Darius. Darius? Mm. Would have accepted... Maybe uh, I would have accepted Grayson. Grayson, right. So you had a lot of options, but unfortunately, <laughs> if you had gotten that last one, it would have been tied. But instead... Keith wins by two points. Keith wins. Hi-o. Boo. Yeah, that's Keith win. That's the Keith win. That's right, the villain in this. Or hero? Whoever she is in this. <laughs> she took back the night. That's right. She did. What a fun time, guys. What a fun time. <laughs> you don't own the night. No one does. Take back the night. All right. <laughs> so let's rate this bad boy. Eamon, how many rattled cages... Between one and five, would you give this uh, episode? One and a half? <laughs> wow. That's, that might be the lowest wow. score we've that ever is, given. That is the lowest score Eamon has ever getting, given, certainly. Maybe two. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Just like, I don't even hate this episode. It's just like, meh-y. meh yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I would never choose to watch this one again. No. And I don't even necessarily think it's bad. I'm just like, this is a mad one. A mad one? A mad one. Kyle, how many leather jackets would you give this episode? This gets two. Its concepts get a three. I'm almost tempted to give it three, just because the concepts and the costuming and things like that are pretty good. But just, I don't know, Ken Gord said it well. It just doesn't come together. Like, these ingredients just don't work together. It should be good, but it just isn't. It's just not good it doesn't know what it is and therefore it can't be successful at any of it mm. so unfortunately a mere two leather jackets that i will leave on the grave of this episode <laughs> i will give this two swaddled richie ryan's for a lot of the reasons we've said and because you want to swaddle them absolutely you'd love to swaddle yeah Sam. this episode just like doesn't work for a bunch of reasons like it's yeah. Some stuff is really great, and it just like keeps missing the mark somehow on it's just little like, things. It's boring or something. It doesn't have a lot so of drive. Full of ADR. To it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that like helps really helps shut down the good drive. The, 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 the Darius. It doesn't have good stuff. It's like got that. The, the Darius. The Darius. Uh, the priest. Uh, the Darius. <laughs> also, like speaking of this episode not having drive, like the third act of this episode where it's like Pala warns Mac, like they're gonna go kill Kidwin. No, they're not. They can go and shoot her the fuck up and burn oh, her whole house right. down, and she's going to be fine. 
But not really. She's going to have to move. Sure. But, like, I, I don't think we're, like... Invested in that conflict. Yeah, like, I don't really feel like she's in danger. Because, like, first off, she's, like, a badass warrior who's going to take all these people out anyway. Like, I didn't really even feel like she's in danger. That's true. Unless, like, instead of shoving a gun in that guy's face, the uh, the bad guy has a circular saw. Yeah. It's like... I think Mac didn't want her to take back the knight. I think that's why he... Is went. it because the knight already belongs to Mac and she doesn't get to have it? See, but, like, in that situation... <laughs> Too again, we're dealing with yeah. like weird moral gray area with Mac. It's like these people broke into her house to murder her, right. and is he really upset? Like I gotta stop her from killing the killers. Like they're actively trying to murder her in that moment. Like he's not going there to save her life. He's almost going there to like save her soul. Like yeah. don't commit revenge. It's like mm. in this moment, it's not really revenge. It's like self defense. Right. Their recon- early reconciliation just sucks all the drama out of it, mm-hmm. like a milkshake. I was surprised there was more episode. I was like, yeah, oh, it's that- a go. They brought, they wrapped this up nicely. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, there's still like 10 minutes left. <laughs> I mean, they could have introduced like a new conflict. Like she decides like, you know what? I won't take back the night. <laughs> and then she maybe reads about this gang. Let's give like the, the Pecan Sandys. They maybe kill someone else. So there's another, like maybe there's a string of these, mm-hmm. you know, robbery murders or something. And so her then inaction to take revenge inadvertently causes more death because mm. this is, this scenario has maybe happened to someone else now and she could have prevented it by taking vengeance. And that'll then muddy the whole waters. Like it's like, you know, it's not just about my vengeance. It's about stopping these people from mm. doing bad things. Like then her kind of quest can be reactivated. Like, no, I do need to take them out. Mac is wrong. I don't know. I don't know either, but you know, there's no sword fight. There's no yeah, no sword fight. No, no sword fight. It's just a dud. They should have. Yeah. They, that would have been a great way to punch up this episode. Is have Mac and Sidwin argue in a sword fight. Never yes. have them kill each other, but just have this emotional battle physically play out. Yeah, and then at the end, maybe have her give up and be like, you know, you're right. This isn't worth it. Like that would be nice. Punch it up, baby. Punch up, not down. Mike Tyson's punch up. Yeah, that's a super punch up. Super punch up. Mr. Dream. (laughs) After Mike Tyson went to jail, that's what they changed the character to. Oh, Mr. Dream. Mr. Dream. Mm -hmm. He still KOs you in one shot and looks like Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Please join us next week as we review the episode... Testimony, Testimony. which is going to be another fun one to talk about. Testimony. Well, this has been fun. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amen. Bye bye. That's that's yeah. That's what it's about. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs>